Welcome to another episode of the Waiver Wired podcast presented by FanDuel. We are recapping week six. It's still ongoing week six. And for some of us, it's the week that uh, we wish would end already. And for others, we're having they're having a dynamite week, which uh, I would have to check in with my co-host. Luckily, I'm not alone. Jennifer Piacenti. Jen, how's it going? It's going okay, Jerry. This is not one of the more dynamite weeks for me, unfortunately. I have to say a little 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 bummed, not so happy with my team's going to have to get into the locker room, give them a pep talk, put on my glasses, smack them around a little bit. Yeah. Tough hang this week. Um, I I think this is going to be one. These are one, this is one of those weeks where like, and you could say it's about fantasy every week, but this week particularly, because there was just a lot of letdowns and a lot of huge performances. Mm -hmm. There was nothing really quite in the middle. Totally. So a lot of people are going to be really happy with Monster Weeks, and there's a lot of people like me that are probably going to go 0-3 in their seasonal, which is what it's looking like. Uh, although a very interesting, feisty, waiver-wired contest oh, yes. this week. Oh, yes. To say the least. We were on here on Thursday of last week giving out some of our picks. Some of them sort of came through, you could say. Uh, I had my best uh, waiver-wired week of all time. How did you do this? Um, I believe it was also my best waiver wired performance of all time too. I'm not sure if it's the highest point total I've had, but I think I ended up uh, finishing the highest. I think I finished 19th. 19th. I finished ninth. So proud of you, Jerry. uh, so awesome. I was watching you. I thought you were going to win it there for a while. You were sitting up at the top. I was like, Jerry's going to take it home. Yeah, I didn't win. Uh, ninth place is great. And then I'm, I keep looking at the leaderboard. It's hard mm-hmm. not to. It and is. I keep seeing this this person, mm-hmm. Big Sal, mm-hmm. who's just all over the leaderboard in the top three. I just, just I've been up there all day. This person uh, is up there all day. It never, ever, you know, I always try to maybe figure out, oh, who could this be? Is it a listener? It's someone that we maybe talk to on Twitter. Uh, I think our, our contest is official with the score. I, so I think we could call think it. So, yeah. But either way, um, Big Sal is none other than Extra Points own our fearless leader, Cousin Sal. Yeah. What the fuck, Jen? Yeah. Yeah. How did this happen? I, I, I don't know, but every single pick in this lineup was juicy this week. I mean, his lowest scoring player was TJ Hawkinson, who found the end zone. I mean, this just hit on every level. And, you know, I feel like, though, Jerry, he kind of took our advice. I mean, I think he probably listens to the podcast. He, I hope he does. I, I mean, hope so. I hope he does. Well, maybe we hope. He so doesn't. wait, we we can't invoke like <laughs> plagiarism here or copying off his neighbor or something because like I'm looking at his lineup. My pick of the week was Justin Jefferson. Yeah. So I uh, could say that evidence shows he directly got that from me. <laughs> uh, we we taught Ryan Tannehill. We were all up on Tannehill. Mm-hmm. You, I think literally brought Darren Fells into the FanDuel universe with your <laughs> sneaky pick with him last week, and he scored a TD. This week, Even Fells was, had a monster week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we I, talked I, about He took our over-under thing. Game. He's heavy on the Falcons. Yeah. He did the Derrick Henry stack. Yeah. I, I think, I actually think Sal owes us a thank you, or at least, I, I mean, at least part of his winnings or something. Oh, maybe we should, yeah. We need a donation. So like now, though, fee. But now you want to talk about pressure. Now, normally, as someone who gets to pick the mystery guest each and every yeah, week, right? Right. And we'll probably fill everybody in on how that went on Thursday. Uh, and Thursday's show is going to wait. So usually I sit back and I make some calls, send some emails, invite some people to be the mystery guest. I now feel the pressure because I got to, I got to knock Sal out. Yeah. I can't have Sal walking into the tournament the champions just like that. I, I, so now I have to literally find a mystery guy. Like I have to pull maybe my best like week 12, 13, 14 sort of up. thing. Yeah. Or maybe I dust Max Greenfield back maybe. off because he had such a dominating performance week one. I we I, I can't I, I definitely can't pick because it'll be a walk in for Sal. <laughs> 
We have to defend this house, Jen. We can't let Sal just walk right in and win a championship year one on our contest. No, That's can't. ridiculous. Absolutely not. So, okay. So we are going to have to put our heads together and find the very best mystery guest that we can. And then next week, Jerry, one of us has to take this home. This is get. I mean, I, I haven't even seen Sal on a leaderboard all no, year I, long. I don't think he's even been close all year long. I mean, we've... No, you're right. He just nailed it. I don't know. Maybe he has. I don't know. I smell foul play. I kind of smell foul play. I don't think I like Will Fuller. You've been. I'm a huge Will Fuller person. I just think he aggregated and curated the waiver wire podcast for a few weeks and then came up with this team. So, I mean, I think we took our advice because, you know, he does a lot with lines and props and betting. And we say, take the game with the highest projected points total. I feel like. That's what he did. And and that was the game with the highest points, well, wasn't it? Congratulations, Sal. You did it. You embarrassed us on our own podcast by coming in first place. We haven't even really smelled first place, but just know something. I am not going to let you walk into our house, the house that Jen and I built, and just walk in to the tournament of champions. You might you might want some cash this week. You got some bragging rights. You can tell Damashek how pr- you can boast about how proud you are of yourself. But just know this week's mystery guess for you. I we gotta get to we gotta we gotta pull. I, I'm gonna need your help, Jen, because we might just have to go full fantasy guru on this. I think that might be what we do. I've got some ideas. Full fantasy guru ideas. Okay. All right. Well, it, it was a crazy week. And like I said, seasonally, I, I think I'm going 0-3 this week. I had such good mojo working all all like the last four or five weeks. It was bound to come to an end. But should we just uh should we roll through yeah. some of the the highlights? I got my little journal here. I mean I love the journal. It's a great place to start is Texans Titans yes. because that really had so many implications for so many people in fantasy. And now again. Hate to say it, but if you are Deshaun Watson, you are clearly not the problem. And Bill O'Brien left you with a lot of holes on this roster mm-hmm. and a great performance by Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. fantasy-wise, but still like David Johnson, who has not been terrible, you know, got in the end zone, which is nice. It's just like a solid 13 points a week. But at this point, how interested in Darren Fells are you right about now as a tight end? So here's the thing. Technically, Jordan Aikens is the one they've been using, and I have not understood stood this the whole time because when you look at Darren Fells, when you know much about Darren Fells, you know he used to be a basketball player. So he has this incredible wingspan. He can go up, get the catches. He can move agilely because he's a basketball player, so he's not going to get tired. I mean, the guy has stamina. I would keep Darren Fells in this situation. I love him as a weapon. He can, he's fantastic. So I hope they stick with Fells. I know that this right now is because Aikens is, you know, hurting a little bit, but they got to keep Fells in this game. And props to our guy, Will Fuller. Um, He's really, I mean, I I don't know if the number one receiver, you could say him and Cooks, I mean, it's close at times, but he's... Yeah, he's number one. Yeah. He's been healthy, knock on wood. So you got you just got to give Will Fuller credit. I just don't know if you want Will Fuller as your number one receiver. Might be one of the best number two receivers you could ask mm-hmm. for. Uh, I don't quite know. But either way, that that over under was absolutely shattered. Then you look at Tennessee. We talked a lot about Ryan Tannehill. I started him in seasonal. He's the only reason why I'm in some of these games. I'll probably, like I said, still go 0-3, but he's literally the only reason why I'm in it. And then Derrick Henry just took the crown back. You know, he's every week getting a little better, a little better. And then you knew at some point we're going to get a Derrick Henry 200-yard game. Uh, yeah, so he rushed for over 200 yards, and he received 52 so i don't want to bring up any sore spots jerry but um that yardage is actually twice what baker mayfield did today i mean the, oh wait the running oh, gosh. back wow i mean i mean wow. this is how monster of a game derrick henry had and and if you had derrick henry in your dfs lineups or in your seasonals like you're so far out ahead because <laughs> besides the two touchdowns it's like 260 yards. 
Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, one of those catches at the very end of the game, as we saw, you want to talk, it wasn't garbage time. They were trying to come back. They just outright forgot Derrick Henry in the backfield mm-hmm. and, and Tannehill dumped it off for like a 40 so yard gain at, at the end of the game. It wasn't even like before the half end of the game. So uh, I think at this point you got to start almost anyone going against the Houston Texans defense at this point. And uh, shout outs to Fersker did not have you in any of my lineups. Uh, Ryan Tannehill spread the ball. out, hit a lot of different receivers. AJ Brown must start at this point. We must were missing start. him for a little while. Must start number two receiver pretty much uh, at this point, right? Absolutely. He has the ability to be a wide receiver number one. We just haven't seen him because he's been injured. Uh, Two touchdown game, obviously a favorite target of Tannehill. He was last year too. He's a deep threat. So I I absolutely love AJ Brown. I'm glad he's back. I've been waiting for it. Yeah, I, I did make that mistake in Fandle. Would have been smart if I would have just paired him with Tannehill. I did not. Um, you know, I had him in my lineup. I still lineup, did okay at receiver. Yeah. And I wish I had Julio Jones, who you had. I mean, I had Ridley, which was good, but Julio Jones was great. So, but I had your Let's AJ go to Brown. that game. Let's go to that Falcons-Vikings Vikings game next because, uh, and again, when I was doing my Fandle line, I was just locking it all in. Uh I'm looking, I'm like, wow, this is the first time Julio Jones did not have a Q or an O mm-hmm. or a D or something next to his name. We often forget sometimes because Julio Jones, you know, has had some injury history here. But when he's healthy, he's the top three receiver in the league, if not number one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a stud, especially in fantasy wise, because that is Matt Ryan's like safety. Like when in doubt, throw it up to Julio Jones. So I just said, you know what? That's a lot of money to spend on Julio Jones, but if you're ever going to do it, this is the week, right? Playing the Falcons, quarterback, uh, coaching change, whatever. So I just swapped it out, and it's like it was just like a really nice thing to see. I like Julio Jones as a player, and fantasy-wise, uh, he came through for a lot of people that drafted him probably, you know, early second round, if anything. So monster game by Julio Jones. Um, the, the Vikings, what do we say? <sighs> fantasy wise like we love you fantasy wise but season nfl wise like just they're just i mean is zimmer in danger of losing his job like what is happening in minnesota i don't know but it's a mess they they don't have it together i guess they miss stefanski i don't know it's it's not good i loved seeing jefferson's production your call of the week um i absolutely love seeing that i think that was fantastic Thielen can still be useful jefferson can be useful they need to be using both these receivers and they got absolutely nothing out of out of alexander madison well you're down 20 to nothing that was the problem so yeah they come firing out the gate matt ryan and we talked about this last week so many people were asking do i give up on matt ryan do i give up on matt ryan and we said, no, you can't give up on Matt yes. Ryan. You said, you, you said no. Yeah. You, I was ready to give you up were- on it. You spe- <laughs> I think I asked the question. You specifically said, no, we are not giving up on Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan. Uh, yeah, and this just, is just- why. Because he can do this at any time. And unfortunately, yeah, they just came out. That offense just went off. And Vikings, like, you can't outrun them. You can't outrun the Falcons air game. Coaching changes now 2-0 so far. Coach coach gets fired. Next game out, mm-hmm. victory. The Texans did it. Now the Falcons did it. Uh, Kirk Cousins, who mm-hmm. I used to I used to like in fantasy. I I drafted Kirk Cousins this year. I think second to last pick in the draft as my like my backup just in case anything happens. And he it's he's doing this thing. Where and I don't think anyone's playing him in fantasy, FanDuel, seasonal, or whatever. But I, you know, always kind of liking him in fantasy in years past because that offense is so good. He, I think, at one point had three picks, no touchdowns, and he finishes with three touchdowns. Like it's just a heart attack watching him get there. It's just not very good. And I mean, yeah. I don't know if you're the Vikings. Is are you a team that can maybe say like, oh, you know, who would look good under center on this team? I, Trevor Lawrence? I don't know. I mean, get in the sweepstakes a little bit. It, it's possible. It's it's. I mean, you're one in five. You're right there. The Giants won. Now it's just really like a race between the Jets, Washington, and the Giants. I guess. Well, but I feel like this is a similar team to like the Browns, where like they don't really build it around their 
quarterback, they build it more around their run game. And, you know, does that work anymore? Yeah, it doesn't work anymore. This is a passing league now. And so when Dalvin Cook goes down, or if you have a situation where you're against someone like the Falcons and they come out firing, you, you just can't outrun them. You can't run them fast enough. So you've got to have more of this air attack. And, you know, we saw it. We saw him finally wake up and get some points on the board. But that was frustrating. I mean, just watching it, the Falcons put up 10 points in the first two quarters each, 20 points. And then, like, hello, like, Vikings, are you playing? I was really, like, I thought maybe, like, my app was broken. Like, how are, how are there no points? Like, Yeah, I guess I'm also holding on to maybe, like, the Vikings from, like, two, yeah. three years ago. Yeah. Uh I guess you can't say they're missing digs as much because Jefferson has been great, but very much uh, empty calories for these Vikings. Like great for fantasy, we love that as fantasy, you know, as fantasy just nerds. We love the extra point that the extra points that we're getting in these garbage time games. But yeah, it's not fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I hope Dalvin Cook comes back because uh, they certainly need him. Uh, Another really weird game. So I mean, it was like a weird week. There was some things like the Derrick Henry thing that happened that was great in fantasy and we knew it was coming. Then we go to this Bengal cult game where the Bengals just jump all over on the holes. Joe Burrow still cannot throw for a touchdown. What is happening with Joe Burrow? The Bengals are scoring. They they are scoring points. He's throwing for 300 yards. He's not throwing touchdowns. It's the weirdest. I'm with you. And then when they are getting touchdowns, they're going to like Giovanni Bernard. Like it's just the weirdest. And I don't know what's happening. And I thought when they jumped out to the lead, I was kind of excited. I'm like, oh, finally, Joe Burrow's going to get his win. This is it. No, somehow. Should have happened. Philip Rivers somehow came back and won this game. I was a week off on T. Higgins. T. Higgins had a very mm-hmm. nice game, six catches for 125. Um, I think you could almost say officially, although A.J. Green with the bounce back, eight catches for 96. I'm not saying that A.J. Green is back to what he used to be, but we were writing A.J. Green off a, a week, two weeks ago, and slowly, slowly getting his way back. Uh, maybe it's just because he hasn't played in so long. We forgot about him, but... Uh, so when Ed Tyler Boyd still, you know, he's just been solid. There's just no touchdowns, yeah. no passing touchdowns on that team. When you go to the other side, when you go to the Colts, mm-hmm. is there any viable fantasy asset on that team at this point? I know Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, but really, is he? Yeah, he's still... He's not... I'm just talking fantasy, like running back-wise, as a running back, as an NFL running back, He's great. But with that team, with the makeup of that team, is he a great fantasy running back that you have to start? Yeah, I mean, I think he, he's kind of getting like 60, 70 yards a game. I think you still have to start him in most cases because you know he's going to get the opportunities. And it's just one of the few situations that aren't a tandem backfield. So in that way, he, he automatically by default, because even like with Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds, which one is it, you know? So here there doesn't really seem, he doesn't seem to be losing a lot to like, you know, Jordan Wilkins, like that doesn't happen. So you still go to him. He should have had a much bigger game than he did today. It turned out absolutely fine. Um, but what's interesting to me is, you know, we talked about how much Philip Rivers loves his tight ends and we like to target tight ends working with Philip Rivers. Well, here we go. One touchdown for Jack Doyle. Also a fumble, but um, your guy Jack Doyle, who, you were high well. on, who also got hurt, I think, on the touchdown, yeah. he got hurt well, and left the game. Yeah. And then Trey Burton as well. So no Mo Alley Cox, but still, there seems to always be a touchdown going to a tight end. T.Y. Hilton, one catch for eleven yards. He I'm, did have five targets, but I think I'm. And I again, I'm I don't know how much you could. With T.Y. I, and I don't know how much you could blame T.Y. for that. You know, um, Philip Rivers is a in. Almost in that Kirk Cousins territory, mm-hmm. like nothing about what he did looked good, mm-hmm. but yet he still had 371, three touchdowns and an interception. Like you look at his numbers fantasy wise, his numbers are fine. It just looks, it just looks weird. I don't, I don't like it. And it just all oh, Zach Pascal, he managed to squeak out four catches and a touchdown. So I guess maybe if I was picking anyone from this Colts offense, yeah, I guess you got to go Jonathan Taylor one and then Zach Pascal two and then just move on and duck and hopefully you don't have to start any other any other cults. Yeah, and I don't even really like starting Zach Pascal either. But I have him. I have him in a few leagues, so 
if you need to, but again, that's a wide receiver four in my mind. And uh, I, I don't think we need to spend too much time on this game whatsoever because uh, there was really only one MVP of this game and uh, <laughs> it was the kicker, but the Broncos <laughs> Patriots, perfect example of how it was a weird week, okay? Now, if you started McManus, you got a boost that you needed. You six for six, got you 18 points, great. If you're like me and you started Jake Elliott on the Eagles, zero points. How many points did the Eagles score? Hold on. 24, 20, 28? 28, hold on, think. let's see. Eagles, where are you? I don't even want to look at you. They're lucky I can't find them. No points. So yeah, we don't really have to stay on that game. And also something else that happened a lot that seemed to happen a lot today, a lot of rushing yards from quarterbacks and rushing TDs. Um, yeah, I just, I was noticing that. I saw, you know, Daniel Jones rushed for a lot of yards. Cam always gets a lot of yards. Lamar, but even Burrow had some yards. There was a lot of QB rushing yards today. But, I mean, props to the Broncos for the win. Uh, I guess, are we looking at Tim Patrick yes. now as a viable option? We absolutely are looking at Tim Patrick as a viable option because what's happened now is everyone knows Jerry Judy's the number one. So anytime you have a defense like the Patriots, he's going to see Stephen Gilmore or he's going to see Darius Slay, or he's going to see that. So we're going to get a bit of that, you know, Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones effect. And Tim Patrick is the guy because Noah Fant's still banged up. You know, KJ Hamler was out I'm of missing this Noah game. Fant. Yeah. I, I miss Noah, my MVP from like yeah. the first two games of the year. Uh, shout outs to Philip Lindsay too, yeah. coming, you know, dusting it off and throwing up 101 yards. Just a weird game. You know, I, I, I had a Jerry Judy play. Didn't work. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of knew my Chark was my other option. Wasn't even that great. Nope. Uh, I did have to play Rex Burkhead cause some bye weeks that magic was a one week thing. And that's clearly over. There is really nothing. The only other thing to comment on is, uh, Julian Edelman, not necessarily like first two weeks with cam and maybe cam's first week back and we shouldn't read right. too much into this fantasy wise, but, uh, just nothing in that game looked fantasy wise relevant. Not at all. Okay, moving right along. All right, I spoke about, yeah, I spoke about Daniel Jones and the Giants. Daniel Jones <laughs> rushed for 74 yards, a team high on seven <laughs> carries. Devonta Freeman, 18 carries for 61 yards, no touchdowns. Um, yeah, he's Slayton is, is really just still, to me, of all the players on the Giants, and I am, I am, frustrated to all hell with them as a football team also the cowboys lose tomorrow the giants are a game out of first place yeah <laughs> that is true live in that for a fun moment but uh yeah golden tate's not doing a whole lot daniel jones definitely doesn't throw i mean he daniel jones threw 19 times he had 19 <laughs> pass attempts uh, yeah it's just i'm sorry i think evan ingram i you know i'm mad at i've been mad at evan ingram pretty much all year he's not doing the things i hope he did but it's not his fault. When you throw the ball 19 times, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he basically, the only person that had more targets than him was Darius Slayton, and he had one more. So what are you supposed to do exactly? If there's only 19 throws, how many can you get? Now, I will say, and this we have audio evidence, this was one of my calls in FanDuel last week. I even did this in seasonal, and I just said, let me put my money where my mouth is. I started the Giants defense two out of three. I benched the Bills defense for the Giants defense this week. And they put up in some score, uh, 14 points that pick six. I knew I saw them score against the Cowboys. I said, this defense isn't good, but they're playmaking. They make plays. I think the Giants defense, obviously, depending on the matchup, I think you could start them almost against any NFC East team at this point. For and then sure. obviously, yeah. You know, cut them as soon as possible. Uh, and I use the play of starting anybody versus the Jets, which worked out well for uh, me. So I actually took the Miami Dolphins, who were just there on the wire pretty much everywhere because who had the Miami Dolphins defense? Well, you need to have them for the week. They play the Jets, 15-point game, very similar to your Giants play. Target the Jets. Shut out. You should get extra points for a shutout, You should. Out, right? I feel like you should. But you, you should don't. double up. Seems like you should it. double up. I would hold if you have a roster spot. I would try to hold the Dolphins' defense for that next matchup if it's like down the road, close to the playoff time. 
that's how much I like that against the Jets schedule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As far as Washington goes, I mean, yeah, McLaurin's McLaurin. a stud. You got to keep playing him, but again, weird week. Like yeah. just nothing quite, nothing quite here to uh, to talk about. So we're gonna keep it moving. When you know the best thing of this game of that of a game fantasy wise is the Giants defense, you know you're <laughs> in a whole lot of trouble. Okay. Uh, I guess we can go to a, a a game that was a lot more fun to watch, the Ravens-Eagles. Again, just it's been so frustrating this year with teams. Like, the Vikings are frustrating. The Colts are frustrating. The Eagles are arguably the most frustrating. Although, I mean, Miles Sanders, oh. he's doing everything that fantasy owners hoped. He only had nine, to, nine carries for 118. That's ridiculous. He's getting big chunks, but... He's getting no help. I mean, Fulgham is their number one target now. Yeah, I think he's their number one X receiver. Um, I don't think that's going to change. And I played him in a few leagues and I picked him up in other places. And after seeing it two weeks in a row, and I think a lot of people were worried. A lot of people got Claypool. A lot of people got Fulgham. And it was like, oh, one of these guys is bound to bust today. Nope. Neither of them busted. Yeah, no, Fulgham was pretty solid. Yeah. Six catches, 75, and a touchdown. Yeah. Clearly, Carson Wentz is looking for him. I'm monitoring the Alshon Jeffrey situation mm -hmm. closely <laughs> because I, and that might hurt Fulgham's stock yeah. when he does come back. I don't know. Um, or maybe it's Greg Ward. One of, one of these receivers is going to probably lose some snaps to Alshon, but um, it's just fantasy-wise, it's just a mess in Philly. And, and even on the season, it's still and Sanders left a injured mess. too, so it's it could get a lot messier. But before we move on, I'm gonna take a quick break and talk to you about FanDuel. Waiver Wired is proud to be presented by FanDuel Fantasy. I've been enjoying fantasy this year because you know I get to pick a new team every week, which is something that I really need, kind of a start over again. And if you've never played FanDuel Fantasy before, great. FanDuel's offering uses the chance to play for free this NFL season. No deposit required. You just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry into a contest each week of the football season where you could win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel's offering up to $500 instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% match. Now, Jen, why have you been enjoying playing on FanDuel this year? Come on, Jerry, this is easy. It's all about the Benjamins. Money, baby! I get to win it every week. Makes it way more fun that way. <laughs> FanDuel is offering users the chance to play for free this NFL season. No deposit required. Just sign up and FanDuel will give you a free entry to a contest each week of the football season where you can win real prizes. Plus, for those folks who want to deposit, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with our 20% deposit match. Go to FanDuel.com slash waiver wired or download the FanDuel fantasy app to play now. FanDuel, more ways to win. Now in retrospect, okay, mm -hmm. if we go back to my initial keeper question that I had, yeah. I kept my homes yeah. and then I had to pick one, uh, one more of these three uh -huh. and it was Beckham, uh -huh. it was Sanders and Jacobs. Knowing what you know now, we went with Jacobs and I was leaning that way anyway and you suggested Jacobs. Mm -hmm. But knowing what you know now and watching, would you redo that? No, I would still stick with Jacobs. You'd still stick? Because uh -huh. Sanders is starting to get re like scary fantasy-wise. Yeah, he's he's starting to put up big chunks of, no question about of yards and points and stuff. like. And Jacobs is much more now a traditional like, you know, they use him to grind the team down, not really getting the big hits, but he gets a ton of touch. All right, you would stick with Jacobs. I would stick with Jacobs. And and I think people don't realize actually that Jacobs has been more involved with the receiving game this year. Um, so, and I think they're going to continue that. So I'm not worried like Josh Jacobs for me, like, should we compare them? Like how many points do they have they each had this season? I mean, 
Well, I remember J- and Jacobs is on his bye week That's this right. week. I don't think, Sa- but Sanders missed what the first two games. I think he just missed one game, didn't he? Or maybe he missed one and came back week two. Um, I bet you it's pretty close. I mean, Jacobs probably has a tiny lead. Jacobs has five touchdowns on the season. Uh, I can't do the math this fast. Adding, but he's had all of his games have been pretty good. Yeah. Minus the Buffalo game. Uh, I think it's close. Yeah, it's and, probably uh, pretty well, close. Well, nothing I could do about it now, but uh, I need Jacobs to bounce back in a huge way. And then on the Ravens side, it's really, I mean, down game fantasy-wise for Mark Andrews. Uh, the Ravens kind of got out to that huge lead and really looked like they were doing that kind of soft defense, mm-hmm. trying to like, let's get this game over with, let's get home. And Philly came all the way back. God, that two-point conversion play. What on earth? We had to listen to the them break down the mesh and Carson Wentz. Who, I don't know anything about coaching football. I don't. Genuinely. Obviously. Okay? I'm a fan. I'm just watching that play, and it's really like, if that play doesn't work, there's no, like, you can't make any magic happen. There's no broken play. I mean, it almost was a broken play. I just don't get into look. I'm not trying to question a Super Bowl winning coach in their play call, but uh, I such a because it's it's one play. If you don't get this play, the game is over. Don't you want to just be like, all right, Carson, run around, try and make a play. <laughs> just try. But I anything. guess who am I to question Doug Peterson? By the, the way, Super Bowl? I just looked up. Josh Jacobs on a per game basis is scoring more points than Miles Sanders, so that takes into account the bye weeks and the weeks they weren't there. So in half point PPR, Josh Jacobs has scored 16.8 points per game. Versus Miles Sanders, 15.7. So full point per game. That's in half point. Um, I thought the difference might be bigger in standard. That's why I ran half point. But no, it's narrower in standard um, somehow. Because actually Jacobs is catching more balls. And that's something I think people don't realize. And in full PPR, Josh Jacobs is 18.3 per game. Versus Miles Sanders, 17.1. So sneaky value there from Josh Jacobs. Because we think of him as just the guy that runs. But he is catching more this season. So hopefully when he's back from his bye and well rested, we'll get more of that. So, so far... Your decision was correct to take Jacobs. Do we need to get a little uh, Will Carroll action this Thursday? Like, I do need updates on some of the, like, Maybe. when C-Mac coming back. A- like, I think we need some updates on some some things we talked about a few weeks ago. We might. We, we have so many people we need to talk to this week, Jerry. It's going to get crowded. Maybe we, we got to talk Howard Bender. We need to talk to Howard Bender. Yeah. We're going to go on XM and talk to Howard Bender and talk some real smack, though. Because he played our contest again this week. And I guess didn't even what? see it. Listen, he didn't. He did not beat us again. I am excited to go on his show and tell him how unafraid of him I am <laughs> when it comes to the waiver wire <laughs> podcast. I am unafraid. He would be buying me bobbleheads every single week if we if he wants to keep this up. He, so okay. uh, I'm gonna actually have to figure out where he landed. But yeah, uh, we yeah we beat him again. So <laughs> we gotta go talk. Light some work. Snack. Uh, yeah, down game though for the Ravens with uh Mark Andrew and just offensively, it was a weird game. I mean, Lamar really was just it was just Lamar win this one for you. He had 108 yards rushing. Dobbins did get nine carries. Gus Edward got 14. Mark Ingram kind of seems like the not the odd man out, yeah. but uh, he only had five carries. I don't know if he got banged up at any point. He did. Or anything he left like a that. little early with his ankle thing again, but I mean, basically. Right. I don't see why they keep giving it to Mark Ingram at this point. Like they don't need to, what they need to do is give JK Dobbins the chance to win this job. And I think it would be better for everyone, but they like to be sneaky and mix and mass match their backs. But like in reality, they should just put some faith in JK Dobbins and let this guy run. These kids have now been playing. This is week six. It's time to start trusting these guys. It's time to start trusting Cam Akers. It's time to start trusting DeAndre Swift, which, you know, look like maybe they're starting to do. But it's time to let them run. Yeah, I I don't know which. Uh, it might be the CJ McCollum league. One of my leagues, Dobbins was available on the wire. So it must have been one of the 12 teams because if yeah. it was our auction league, I don't think no, Dobbins would have been out there. And um, I just took him. Yes. I didn't really even have a roster spot for Dobbins. But I'm like, well, he should not be out there because one injury or mm-hmm. what just like, I mean, one kind of, like if Ingram might ever, I don't want him to miss time, but you know, 
if he needs to rest up that ankle from it, like if Dobbins got 20 touches, he could probably put together a really amazing game. So I'm just going to sit on Dobbins and stash him for a little bit and, and see if he gets some more touches. Absolutely. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't know. We'll see. We're I'm talking strictly from a fantasy perspective, but um, God, I don't even want to talk about this Brown Steelers game because I watched the Brown Steelers game with my in-laws and I have just seen this so many times. Like, I know we've all seen this as football fans, but I have seen it from the point of view of Cleveland people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they haven't been four and one. And you know how many times I heard this week, we haven't been four and one. And, so, and everyone's over. My father-in-law made the chili Aww. and everyone's five. The, the cousin, cousin Callie made big cookies. Everyone's got on Brown's hoodies. This is great. We're here. We're, I'm even, I even devoted, listen to this, how much I love my in-laws. I said, here, you guys take the living room. I will sit at the kitchen where you could still see the living room TV on my iPad. I'll watch my red zone situation right. over here on the iPad <laughs> like, with my little journal. Too, with my red zone and my and iPad. And then on the main TV, it was dedicated. I can't remember the last time I dedicated the TV. The Probably since the Giants 2011 Super Bowl run. Wow. Was the last time I dedicated the TV to one game. That's, that's okay. real love. And I don't think many people have that kind of love for their in-laws. I, I, I can't. I, I, I want it for them. I genuinely want it for the people of Cleveland. I want this team to be good. They deserve it. They love this team. It means so much. And that game was over before it even started. Yeah. And I know, like, I, I, I defend Baker. I am not as down on Baker as you, but you look like you know what you're talking about today. It's not a I'll good Tell you that. Um, it's a bad game, you know, pulled for Keenum. I don't know what this means. I don't think it means a whole lot. I don't think Baker Mayfield is benched for Case Keenum going forward. But, uh, and you could just see, though, how the Browns work. The Browns are just, they are front runners. They have to get out to a lead. They have to be able to run the ball. They, I don't think, are ca- playing catch up on anybody. So I think that you just put your finger right on it. It's the same problem the Ravens have and why the Ravens can't beat Kansas City. If they don't get out to that lead, they don't exactly know what to do. And similar with Minnesota, right? That's what happened today. Atlanta came out firing, and they just <clears throat> didn't know what to do. They broke down. They, if they can get the lead and start with the lead, they're fine. They can run their game plan. But you just can't outrun how quickly Matt Ryan can pass or how quickly Ben Roethlisberger. But Roethlisberger, it wasn't, it's actually a terrible fantasy day if you rostered Ben Roethlisberger, which is really frustrating because you look at the score and you're like, come on, how did Big Ben get me 11 points? But he just didn't have to do a whole lot. You know, three rushing touchdowns, a defensive, t- yeah, didn't have to do a whole lot. Um, Hunt, only 13 carries for 40 yards. That's not going to win you the ball. Also, well, I guess it was in garbage time, so it didn't matter. But uh, Hilliard got a few extra touches there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernest Johnson not able to recap the magic from the game Chubb got hurt. He had four carries for a yard. Uh, and it's just like, yeah, they're not a come-from-behind team. So uh, I don't know. I don't think this affects them fantasy-wise, but you really got to look at your Matt. I, I think with all Cleveland Browns as far as fantasy, you really have to analyze the defense that they are playing against. And if it's a, and, and the offense, because you have, really have to see if this, can this team go up 10, uh, 13, 17, nothing on them, because then it's going to be a hard time. That's right. Um, on the Steelers side, I mean, we could all continue to dote over Chase Claypool. By far, to me, I know quarterbacks always get rookie of the year. That's the, if he's not the rookie of the year, he's the rookie that we all should have seen coming because he is the real. He didn't even have a good game so today. I know that, and he's I, I, you're not and he's still scoring. I'm gonna find it. But back in I believe it was July, we were asked. I did a live stream, and they were asked pick one sleeper candidate that you think, and I picked Chase Claypool. I'm gonna find it for the evidence because, and you probably know that because I've been talking about Chase Claypool for a few weeks now. I totally have a football crush. Why didn't you tell me to draft him, Jen? No, I would have drafted. I love shot dark I'm shots sorry, like that. Like shots in the dark it like was that. Before we got together and had our podcast, and I was like, <sighs> oh, you know, but it, and I thought it would be a while, but no, he's come up sooner <laughs> than I. No, he. I. I. 
he's a stud. He is he if he's not rookie of the year, he's rookie of the holy shit. This guy's gonna be really good for yeah. a really long time. Yeah. And I can't believe the Steelers did it again. They're so good at it. With their wide receivers. Uh, I am a little concerned I, though about Juju now. Um yeah, sure. I totally get that. Um again, they didn't need him today. I think when the Steelers need I'm him. Hoping. I'm I think really he'll be open. there. I wouldn't be too, too worried. But yeah, I think this definitely affects the stock, the fantasy stock of Juju for mm -hmm. sure. I think Juju is happy because his team's a lot better. Yeah. But also, can we give a little credit? I think it's time because we've talked. I'm not saying we talk trash. We don't talk trash, but we've been worried about this guy. We don't. I don't think we talk about him enough. James Conner. Yeah, I love James Conner. So another video, I, like, which I will point you to, which I have a few of. I said I thought James Conner could be the steal because he's going in round four and all he needs to do yeah. is stay healthy. Nothing else. That is the only requirement. Stay healthy. There was never a question about his talent, but people started to believe he wasn't good. Guy is good. He's really good. It was always just about the injury and people forgot that. He had several and I, and almost like it's he has like a signature move now. He has a real legit like devastating spin move. That makes him, I play League of Legends a lot. So there's like when a character goes invulnerable, like when he spins, you can't tackle James Conner. It's just like an untackleable move. And he's so uh, cancer. I mean, like everything about James Conner, I'm such a huge fan. I, I love James Conner. Yeah. I just want him to stay healthy and on the field because uh, I think he's a really, really good running back. And also... The Steelers traditionally still go with as like with the bell cow. Is that what we that's right. like? They will get, he will touch the ball 20, 25 times. They have a lead. And that's, he will. that's exactly why he was such a good value in the fourth round, because it's not like you're like, oh, maybe he'll get half the carries. No, as long as he's healthy, just as long as he's healthy, he's going to be running this ball. There's no worry. Anyone's going to take snaps from James Conner as long as he's no. No, my 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 Benny Snell uh, stash that they just get no no you could you could let Benny Snell uh, you could let Benny Snell go. Um, Bears Panthers. This has a lot more implications on, I think, the regular season than the fantasy yeah, season because kind of there wasn't a whole lot here to play. I mean, we were Teddy Bridgewater was on a pretty great fantasy run there mm -hmm. for a while. It all ended today the bears are good we could officially say that everyone's still kind of saying ah it's not a real three and one it's not a real four they're five and one and the packers just lost the bears are real i'm not saying they're real good but they are a real the nfc as a whole is not very good the afc has a bunch of juggernauts i think the bears are good but fantasy wise yeah it you know, they could win games where Allen Robinson only has five catches. That's frustrating. Mm -hmm. That is frustrating. And Monty's been completely solid. Uh, ah. Fantasy-wise, it's a little scary. Um, This is a big letdown for Carolina, though, because Robbie Anderson still with the four-catch, 77-yard game. That's now like a down game for Robbie right. Anderson. That's how you know you've made it in fantasy. That's considered like, a oh, Robbie Anderson didn't really go off today. And I guess you could say maybe after that loss, you know, Mike Davis did find the end zone, mm -hmm. but he fumbled as well. And I know Matt Rule said Mike Davis is going to stay a part of this offense and he's running angry and something to prove, which is good. But you got to imagine now after watching that game, like this would have been a game that C-Mac would have had 30 touches one way or another. Yeah, if, if Christian McCaffrey comes back and he's healthy, this is still his job. There's no question about it. I'm not talking about his job, but we talked last week, like how much does, does Mike Davis eat into the carries at all? And I thought maybe last week there was a chance. Yeah, I know what like, you mean. I'm talking like I mean, I think at the carries. beginning that he will because they'll be easing McCaffrey back in, but by the end of the season, we won't see any more of Mike Davis. That's my guess. I've just enjoyed the Mike Davis run. He's literally bridged the gap of me not having a second running he back. He's been awesome. He's bridged the gap for me so beautifully. I'm going to be sad when he's gone. I'm going to be sad when he's not getting 18 to 25 yeah. touches a game. Um, we don't need to spend too much time on the Dolphins jets. We talked about their defense. I just want to point out we were, we were, we were talking real good about our boy, Ryan Fitzpatrick. And he, again, 
if that was a competitive game, he might have threw six touchdowns. Right. He threw for three and then legitimately didn't have to do anything. It's tough to read because the Jets are that bad, but the Dolphins now three and three. Yeah, I love it for the Dolphins. I think it's so much fun. It was nice to see Gaskin have a good game. But I think that your point is really good there, Jerry. When you're building these lineups, you actually don't want it to be too easy. If the matchup is too easy, if you look at it and you say it's versus the Jets, you probably actually don't play that quarterback because there's no reason for him to throw a ton of passes, throw throw a lot, and they it's even not gonna be a shootout. And put Tua in at the end. He didn't even yeah. play the full game because why wouldn't you put Tua in and let him play some snaps? So think about that when you're doing DFS. You don't you want it to be somewhat competitive so that there's a reason for your quarterback to pile on. And nice moment for two. I don't know if you saw that photo after the game uh, with a completely empty stadium. He's in full uniform, just sat at midfield and like soaked in the moment because, you know, Such a good kid. coming off of an injury like he did and he's in the NFL and he got his first snap. So that was a really cool moment. That's what makes you, you know, I'm no Dolphins fan by any stretch. And I definitely wasn't, not that I'm anti Tua. I'm not a big Tua fan. I just, you know, never, I never had to root for him, yeah. but that was really cool to see. Um, Gaskin really solid. I kept thinking in my mind when I was getting, unfortunately, the, the only that and the terrible Bucks Packers game for the four o'clock games was really rough. I just kept thinking, man, Le'Veon Bell would have been fun on this team. I agree. And he's probably going to be really fun that season. I know almost we didn't even here. discuss like almost. Hilaire, uh, Hilaire, Carl Edwards, Hilaire, fantasy players are really nervous that Le'Veon Bell is going to eat in. I'm very curious to see what what happens, but I'm just saying from a fun level, Le'Veon Bell and the Dolphins would have been really, really I fun. I agree. That's what I wanted. And sorry, Jets, <laughs> there's there's nothing I wish to speak of about you. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nope. We're going to keep it moving. Um, <laughs> Lions, Jaguars, uh, you know, interesting. Another game that was kind of always in hand for the most part. I mean, the Jags mm -hmm. made it a little frisky at one point. Stafford didn't have to do too much. DeAndre Swift showed us what he could do and showed lived up to a lot of the first round, early second round hype that he got, wouldn't you say, mm -hmm. today? I would say that. Um, DeAndre Swift is someone that was due to get a chance. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking earlier with, with Howard and he said, I kind of have a feeling about DeAndre Swift and we were building a lineup and he was like, who should I put in my flex? And he said, should I go DeAndre Swift? And I said, yeah, I think you should. And he said, I kind of have a feeling. I said, I do too, but I have no reason for that. I just kind of have a feeling. Um, and I think it's because the feeling is it's time. It's time. What are you really going to go? If you're thinking about the future of your team, are you really just going to see how much more you can milk out of Adrian Peterson? Or are you going to let your future get a chance to play and build your team around that future? And that's how those coaches and that franchise needs to think that's how you become a winning franchise you build it around your future it was time for deandre swift to get involved in the game night and day detroit team as well with kenny galladay it's just a fact because oh, you so really true. also look at that receiving core mm -hmm. and you know amandola obviously has so much experience and is such a vet and i know you need a guy like danny amandola on your team but i'm just talking about marvin jones has not and maybe he hasn't had to mm -hmm. but you know, and I know I've seen uh, Marvin Jones was always one of my favorite sneaky fantasy plays over the always, always came through and was fine when Galladay was out. I don't know if Marvin Jones is either slowing down or just he hasn't had to do too much, but I do. I, I'm kind of I want to see Marvin Jones or someone else like who was the number two target for Stafford on that team. Galladay clearly number one had 105 yards on four catches. And that was really, again, not having to do a whole lot on the other side of this game is the James Robinson love fest kind of over. I mean, he did score. He had a touchdown. He had four catches for 24 yards. No. He seems to be more valuable catching the ball for them. Only 29 yards rushing. I'm more saying this from the perspective of the, uh, is the Jags offensive magic kind of, slowing down, you know, I mean, it's gonna be a different new guy every week. Like Keelan Cole with 143 yards today, but well, next highest guy was 45. No, I don't think the James Robinson magic is slowing down because like you said, there are so many receivers he can use and it sometimes it's Keelan Cole. Sometimes it's DJ shark. Sometimes it's Thompson. Sometimes it's Chanel. I don't know, but it's always James Robinson running. The problem is again, the lions got so far out in front. 
But even still, Robinson gave us a really decent game, like 14 points in a PPR. So again, it's a game script thing. I think um, he should have done a little better last week. That was a little strange to me, but because, but I think that had to do with Houston, the same kind of thing that happened with Minnesota. They, their defense ignited as well. And they put a plan together to stop the run, just like the Houston defense actually stopped the run last week. Um, so did Atlanta actually stop the run this week for Minnesota. And they're, both those teams are usually very bad at that. So I feel like yeah. that was coincidental. So I'm still on the James Robinson train because, I mean, no, he's not Josh Jacobs. No, he's not Derrick Henry, for God's sakes. But yeah, are you going to start him every week? Yeah. Who are you going to sit him for? I know. I guess in a in a in a land where there there aren't many number one running backs who get a majority of the touches, he's like Jonathan he still Taylor, fits right? That bill. But he's actually a little better than Jonathan Taylor, scoring wise, points wise, points wise. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yes. Yeah. Because um, you know Hines had those three touchdowns in week one, right. so I kind of yeah. Um, Kind of wrapping up, you know, this one's for you because I still, we've spoken about Ronald Jones a couple of times this year. I, I'm not a, not a big fan. Not Just again, I'm like, I don't mind. I think Ronald Jones is a really good football player. Fantasy wise, he's not someone no. I've had in the lineup ever. And I should, because he had a game today, an effortless 23 carry, 113 yard, two touchdown game. This was the weird week of football. Can we just say what it was? This was freaking like strange. I didn't like it. And I and we talked about Ronald Jones. You were actually giving me crap about it on Thursday. Remember? You're like, I did. You like I, I did. Like, I, I don't, but I think he's going to have a good game. And, you know, I don't really like him either. I did play him in one league. Thank God. Should have played him in my DFS lineups, though. I mean, that was a monster game. Monster game. And I, I mean, I don't know what the heck the Tampa Bay defense ate for breakfast, but that they looked like the 85 bears today. I mean, they were and like, you got your Gronk game, Jerry. I got, got my Gronk, Gronk game. game. It was too late though. It was like two weeks too late off. Oh, that would have happened two weeks ago. Literally people would have been, people would have just been saying, I'm a fantasy. I'm a guru. <laughs> I would have reached guru stat, at least guru. for these like Monday night picks. Right. right. Because you know, five catches for 78 in the TD. It just, it, they, of course, had to read you that stat that Gronk's only caught one touchdown from another quarterback, and it was Jimmy G. Every other touchdown's been from Brady. I think that's a pretty cool stat. Um, yeah, it, was, it just and it just was weird because the Packers opened up on fire. The Bucks looked confused. Brady was barking at Godwin for running a route incorrectly, and it just looked like, oh man, this is gonna Tampa's gonna lose two in a row, and the Packers are good. And the second quarter, the Bucks put up twenty eight points out of, in a blink of an eye, and a lot of it was on defense. And Ronald Jones just basically grinded out the clock and was super, super solid. The receivers, I mean, it's a rough, rough game for Mike Evans. He's been good all year. But again, there was a lot of teams not needing to do shit this week because they had a big lead. And that's what happened. On the flip side, look, Aaron Rodgers is having an unbelievable year. I'm not worried at all right. about Aaron Rodgers. Same. Um, and same with Aaron Jones. Like, kind of smart, like, to only really they didn't feature him as much when that game was over, but I am a little worried. I didn't love that Tanyan, our boy, Robert motherfucking Tanyan only got four targets in this game where they were throwing the ball. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball 35 yeah. times, four targets. That's not, and I know a lot of that is Devontae Adams was back mm -hmm. 10 targets. I get nervous every time as a Devonte as someone who has a big share of Devontae Adams, every time he gets tackled, I get nervous. Me too. And on that tip pass that was intercepted, he stayed down and it looked like he was like not feeling great for a minute. I got I got a little scared. But um I'm worried about Robert motherfucking Tanyan with Devontae Adams back. I understand that. Um but here's what I think in general. I just think there aren't any superstar tight ends anymore. Even Zach Ertz, he's fallen out. Mark Andrews has been a bust, majorly bust. It's just really Kelsey, right? It's really just Kelsey and Kittle. And Kittle still balls. And other than that, like you just you're just taking shots. Like every year we think, Oh, the tight end position's gotten so much better. Look at all these options. No, it just, it just isn't. We thought Tyler Higby was the next thing. No, Evan Ingram isn't getting opportunities. Mike Gesicki, nothing today. Goose egg. 
Like, well, who was the other tight end looking receiver? Like, there was just some big dude. I don't know. I don't know if he was a wide out. If he was a wide out, he's huge. But in Miami. Um, yeah, he got a lot of look. He yeah. had a touchdown. I, I can't believe, remember today. his name, but um, you're right. It's somebody completely. There's two of them actually. They got touchdowns. Uh, Shaheen and Smythe. Yeah. Yeah, and so and and the, again in Baltimore. Like the reason I played Mark Andrews in my DFS, which ended up not going well at all, is because Philadelphia gives up the most points to tight ends. Great. They took it to Nick Boyle. Nick Boyle is the guy. Right. That the so, you know, like just tight ends are just like, they're lotto tickets. I feel like they're not worth it. And if you happen to get lucky, you get lucky that day. But like, you just can't build your team around. Johnny Smith got injured. That's another tight end. Well, count on. and Noah Fant. You make you 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 remind me of you're reminding me of someone who had their first ever auction league this year mm -hmm. and in an attempt to get someone to bid up on a player without any interest in the player himself mm -hmm. who inadvertently then stumbled into the player, mm -hmm. Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. He has been a delight yes. this year. He's been my MVP. Week in, week out, 18 point, just like he's been at worth every penny in auction. So I hear you. I think what you're saying is correct. And I think, yeah, if you're going to be that person who reaches, like I do see the version. I, I think you could build a team around Kelsey. I think, I think you with can. a healthy Jimmy G, I think you could build a team around Kittle healthy. But outside of that, you're right. I think you're better off going for Fells. Yeah. Or, just you know, Tanyan for three weeks, exactly. plug and play. And, and, but I will say that there is some brilliance in taking a Kelsey or a Kittle because when you get the separation, there's such a separation at that position between the third best or the fourth yes. best or the fifth best that you've accumulated such an advantage. So if you're good at building a team, sometimes it's worth it to take that shot on a Kelsey or Kittle. And I think that's even playing out for you in the Gotham Diamond District. I mean, Gotham Gridiron District. It, it's, that's the baseball one. It's doing well, although I do, I, I'm going to lose to the, 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 the team that was uh, five and oh, I think going into this week. <sighs> and also you and I both have way more points than uh, this player who was in first and I think he's, he's crushing me this week yeah. and uh, he's going to go six and oh, but we still have more points than him. Okay. Well, Maybe I good. might not after this week. You definitely, I will. might not either. I am not having a good matchup this week because I had total let down performance from Alexander Mad Madison, which hurt me a lot. Um, and I've been using Russ as my quarterback and I've got him on by. So fingers crossed for Andy yeah. Dalton. And I have Michael Gallup still to go. Uh, but unfortunately, the person I'm playing who had a really crummy looking team when I looked at it had a crazy day. Deshaun Watson went off for him. Um, you know, just a bunch of Calvin Ridley, a lot of good stuff. And Allen Robinson underperformed for me. Robbie Anderson underperformed. Yeah. It was Will a weird. I'm telling you, this though. was, this was, a <laughs> yes, this was a weird week. This was a week where a lot of team, a lot of fantasy stars didn't have to do much because their teams were either up or really, really down. So, uh, yeah, that's going to conclude the roundup pretty much. I'm scoreboard watching too to see if anything's happening in that Niner game. It's still only 7 nothing. I still struggle with with that Henderson, Singletary, who do I start thing. Mm -hmm. And um that's why I'm always paying attention to that. And what Let's happens? see who's getting who do you think has the early carries in the for the Rams? Acres. I don't know if you've seen the box score yet. I haven't. Is it Acres? No. Oh. Henderson, two carries. Okay. Goff's one for six for 17 yards. It's seven, nothing four yards. Jimmy G, nine for 10, 95 yards and a touchdown. You gave up on Jimmy G a week ago and he's coming I back. Didn't. Debo Samuel back with a touchdown. It's a Maybe the Niners are back. Kittle, three for 66. They're taking it. It's 14-0 now. They scored as we speak. Garoppolo threw a touchdown to as we speak. Tell me, Brandon. I, I think that was to Kittle. I think it was yes, a big touchdown Kittle. to Kittle. All right, good. Kittle, three for 66 and a TD. Enjoy. We're going to end on that note, Jen. Um, Thursday, we're coming back, yeah. and we will have a full FanDuel update. We'll get we'll get the full recap of the, the mystery guest 1v1, and we'll see if we have someone going on to the Tournament of Champions Week 16. And at some point, we got to get cut. We got to talk to Cousin Sal. And, and you and I need on Thursday to discuss this mystery guest. This is the most important mystery guest of the season so far. 
So, and we need you at home listening, wherever you are, chime in on Twitter um, and just let us, give us some thoughts or and I will, I will, I will pick anyone at this point that could beat Sal. <laughs> I'm a child, Jen. I'm a child. I'm a, I'm a two-year-old. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to make sure somebody beats Sal. All right. I'll see you Thursday. I'll see you Thursday. All right. Thanks, everybody.